You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down, yeah. And we back. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. And I'm your host, Greg ELD, Coach and Chain JG. You already know in each episode we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate empower and inspire our current and future generation of leaders and i know it's been two weeks i i apologize we've been in the lab on the road i've been sick jet lag is a mother but we here man so first and foremost before i get into this episode this episode is gonna be game changing groundbreaking it's going to be one for the ages i just got a couple housekeeping things first i want to send shout out to ariel belgrave harris and quentin harris they showed love and, and had a phenomenal time at the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, Oakland edition. Shout out to Fatima as well. Man, we had a blast. So many family and friends showed up. And y'all just made me feel feel like family. Like I, I put on my IG. Matter of fact, if you're not following me on IG, follow me on IG, Greg E. Hill, uh, at Greg E. Hill. And I was like, I was nervous. I ain't never been to the West Coast. I didn't have like an Aggie family or my friends to back me up, say if like attendance was slight. So I didn't know what to expect. And Ariel and Q, man, y'all treated me like family. Your friends treated me like family. And y'all came in droves, invited people. Shout out to Celicia Mitchell a year up too. She invited a couple college students. Karen Fleischer, I, I may have said her name wrong, but um, Racy Conversation, she came through. There was so much love in the building. My boy Jay Love. Uh, who else? Man, so many people. I can't even mention everybody, but man, it was a phenomenal experience. And I tell you, I was nervous. I was nervous before I got on the stage. I was so nervous, man, because I didn't know what they expect. So I just got to thank God and thank the support from you for showing out, showing love. But I would be remiss if I wasn't being honest, because this is a transparent podcast. And unfortunately, I don't know if I caught a bug. I don't know what happened. Friday night, no, Thursday night in Sacramento, because I was staying in um, Sacramento with my, my line brother, Julian Love. And I woke up Friday, my head was dropping. I could barely move. And it was just difficult. So Saturday was a struggle for me to get the energy where I needed to go. And unfortunately, when I got back home Monday uh, Monday at 6 a.m. from RDU, so I drove from San Francisco. Side note, San Francisco, I had a $20 cheese day, for real? That's what y'all do at San Fran Airport? They do better. So, but I got to, I, and Virgin Airlines is amazing. Shout out to Virgin. And I got home and I was just hurt. And unfortunately, I had to cancel my Dallas trip on the tour, which was difficult because we never had to cancel any dates for the tour. 
And so we won't be going to Dallas. And honestly, we won't be going to Seattle as well. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the rest of the year off. So we will not be going to Seattle as well. And it hurt me. So people have bought tickets in Dallas. So I'll refund them the money. I'm going to send them a T-shirt. And we're going to make amends. But we will be back in Dallas in, in 2018. And we're going to be back with a vengeance. I'm telling you. The second version is to it. If you missed the first version, shame on you. First, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond it. Shame on you. But this second version in this summer, get ready. It's going to be on a whole different level. More, man, I can't even explain it. But I will say, we'll say this before we jump into the podcast. Thursday, November 16th, we are coming back to North Carolina A&T State University. And it's absolutely freaking free. From 6 to 9 p.m., I'm interviewing Morgan McKenzie from 102 Jam. Shout out to her and Chris. Straight talk. You already know. My boy James, Honor Riley, Backstabbers. Who gonna, who you gonna cook for me? Man, his story as far as just his, his growth and his evolution from apparel to a personal chef. And I, I mean, just, just go... Type in King James 919 and you'll see what he on, man. A whole different wave, man. And I have SGA president of Bennett coming. SGA president of North Carolina. He's speaking. My young boy, Kobe Cornell. My boy, Brandon Long, who's going to be on the podcast this Thursday. I'm talking about just run 40 grand out there in Toyota. Also, just turned had 11 offers from every tech company in the world. I'm interviewing him. Uh, this this Thursday on the podcast, man. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, Alicia Wilkins in, in North Carolina, A&T Nesby president. Man, I, I'm, I'm bringing the merch out. I got exclusive merch. We got books. We got Snapchat filters. Man, it's going to be crazy. So if you're in Raleigh, Durham area, Greensboro, Western Salem, if you're in North Carolina, honestly, Thursday, you need to be in North Carolina A&T State University, McNair Auditorium from 6 to 9 p.m. We are going to put on a show. It's absolutely free. You can get your tickets at gregehill.com backslash MTP live. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, if you, it, it's getting cold outside. It's getting cold. And if you listen to this podcast and you ain't got your Minority Trailblazer merchandise, shame on you. Go ahead and go ahead and grab the thing, MinorityTrailblazer.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the last thing before we get into this show, Minority Trailblazer Conference coming March 9th and 10th, 2018 in Durham, North Carolina, Durham Convention Center to be exact. Yo, we are going to be launching, not this Thursday, but next Thursday, the Minority Trailblazer Conference podcast series. I'm interviewing every single speaker that's going to be on the show. It's going to be pop and topical. It's going to be topical, not story driven. It's still going to be story. It's going to be laughter, but it's going to be topical. Add value, 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 value. And we're going to do something special. Every single Saturday, we're going to do a Q&A for the first 50 people to sign up. A Q&A for live Q&A with the guests so we can talk more about what we talk about in the podcast, ask questions. And it will be discounts for the conference there. So I'm telling you, if you are not, it's not on your radar, put it on your calendar, March 9th and 10th. More information than this, uh, mtbconf.com. This is going to be groundbreaking, okay? So that's all I got to say, man. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode. And as always, as always, this is season four, episode, I don't know what episode it is, but we've been on this troll for almost 80 episodes, and it's been a journey. It don't feel like two years. I feel like I just started this podcast a couple weeks ago, and today, the guy I got on my show, man, he had me on his podcast, and we kind of connected via LinkedIn, and when I learned more about his story, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, we gotta bring him on the show, because I'm all about real, authentic people that are pushing the envelope 
and making money doing it. Because at the end of the day, we can have all these motivational stories, all this inspiration. But if we are not executing, if we are not continuing to produce, 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 and not consume, then what are we doing all this for, man? So he's the perfect, perfect, perfect exemplar and example of just a country boy doing his thing, man, doing his thing. <laughs> so I'm going to read a snippet of his bio. Then we're going to jump right into it. And I guarantee this process is going to be funny, it's going to be direct, and most importantly, it's going to be actionable, all right, all right, all right, so, 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 he is a savvy, biz- he is a savvy business guy with an approach that involves creating strategies that focus on people first, then using digital platforms to connect those people with a solution to their problem. He is the founder and CEO of ATX Web Designs, a web design and digital marketing agency based in Austin, Texas, which he grew by 550% plus in one year and went from a one-man team to an agency of 16 individuals. He's a country boy from a small town called Van Vleck. I hope I said it right, Texas, and is a former professional football player, husband, father, boxer, and entrepreneur. So don't see this man on the streets. And he's also frequently blogs on his website, Daniel O. Daniel Daniel about his journey of both and he also frequently blogs on his website about his journey of both his successes and his failures that helped shape him into become an entrepreneur. He considers himself an entrepreneur athlete and his quote is, I'm willing to grind and put in countless hours for a award that only lasts a moment, but we remember it for a lifetime. So without further ado, I would like to introduce the man, the myth, the legend himself, <laughs> Daniel Griggs to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Welcome to the show. Appreciate it, man. I definitely appreciate it. I like that. I, I like your I like your ad libs on my on my uh, on my bio on my intro. Make it sound good. Hey, I gotta spice it up. And luckily, you already kind of had the ad libs kind of pre programmed, pre packaged. So I just <laughs> had to just throw a little sauce on it real quick, real quick, man. Man, how you doing today, dog? Man, I'm good. You know, I'm alive. Everything else is just icing on the cake, baby. So um, I'm always doing good, man. Kind of a kind of a little late start today. You know, I had a you know my my five year old. I had to take him to to a little, uh, not the emergency room, but a little aftercare. Uh-huh. Um, for him, he was had a headache and a fever and whatnot, so I had to take him. Was up late, you know. Other kids went to bed late, so I had to get them up and let them sleep in a little bit. Take them, but hey, I mean, it's, it's all a part of it, baby. You got wife, kids, somebody. Uh, you got, I got three kids, me and my wife, man. So one of them gonna get sick at some point, uh-huh. but it's all a part of it, man. I'm, I'm grinding a book, and so it's a good day. I love that. I love that. And usually we start to call, start off, start off the show with a quote and all that good stuff. But since we are in the family talk, man, go ahead and share with our audience, man, who you are, where you're from, kind of the setup, because it's not typical that we have uh, people on the show that are married and have kids. And I'm glad I just want to paint the show with a different context, man. So share with us I mean, a little bit more about yourself and how you got started before having a team of 16 individuals, before professional <laughs> athletes, before all that stuff, man. Who is Daniel O. Griggs? Yeah, definitely, man. I'm a I'm a I'm a small town country boy, dude. You know what I mean? I come from a small town in Texas. Um, the accent and everything, I guess you can say. But yeah, <laughs> man, I come from a small town in Texas, man. Um, one thing I always talk about much is I've been an athlete all my life. I love sports. I'm probably gonna do sports until until the day that I die, man. My wife just asked me the other day, she said, Whenever you get done boxing for however many years, what you gonna do next? And so she you know, I'm always looking for something to do, always looking to challenge myself too. But man, I'm a small town. Uh, small town country boy from Texas, grew up in Van Vleck, Texas. You did say it right okay. when you had mentioned it. Um, went there, man. I, I left and, and went to went to West Texas and Abilene, Texas. 
um, to McMurray University, played football, ran track. I actually have a, a speaking engagement um, this weekend coming okay. up. What's the, um, what's the dates and what's the time? McMurray University. Stuff? So the date is going to be on um, October 21st. Okay. Okay. I believe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, got invited to go back and speak there. But anyways, yeah, went there, played football, man, ran track. Graduated with a marketing degree in 2009. Uh, pursued football man for four years. Played on a few pro teams. Um, had a lot of had a really big failure. We'll get to that later in the podcast. This is yeah. one of my my biggest failures and things that uh, something that I really I still hold on to today to help me to be able to learn more from decisions that I make. But yeah, I went and played pro football for a few years. While I was playing pro football, I got a lot into just um, not 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 technically websites. But marketing, of course, I have a marketing degree, but I'm really great at marketing, man, and understand consumers and what they want, what they want to see. Um, so I went into web design and social media just because I seen that there was the platform that a lot of people was on. That's mm-hmm. the way you're going to have to market um, a lot more in the future. So I went that route, was doing a little bit while I played ball. As soon as I got done playing ball, um, I hopped right into my web design company, man. Really, it was in, officially started in 2015 i was back and forth in 2014 okay i went full-fledged into it the reason i went full-fledged into it at that is my mentor man one thing i always try to stress to people i'm a mentor to a lot of individuals but if you don't even if it's somebody that just has you know anybody that has more success than you my mentor told me when we first started you know i think it was around uh thanksgiving uh, a 2014 and he was like I was texting him and he was like well what exactly do you want to know and I said I want to know everything you want to know mm-hmm. and he said he started oh he said back a little ha 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 and he texted <laughs> he said well he said what's your library look like I was like I don't know you know I'm in Austin there I was like I don't know man I've never been to the library I barely went to the library when I was in college <laughs> and so he was like he said no how many books do you have I was like, oh, I said, I got the Bible. I said, it's a good book, but it's going to take a lot more than that. And so, <laughs> you know, man, I started reading at that time, at that moment, man, which opened up, you know, my mind to a whole bunch of different things. But one of the main things that he told me was, he said, choose, he said, think about the lifestyle you want, then create a business that's going to complement it. Mm-hmm. It's going to allow you to live that lifestyle. You know what I mean? I'm a family guy. I grew up a family guy. Uh, fortunately, fortunately for me, man. I grew up with both parents in a home, which is huge for me. I always tell people, you know, my personality and the type of person that I am, I needed both of them with that balance. And so I'm a huge family person, you know, so I'm like, you know, I want to be able to pick my kids up, take my kids to school, be at all of the sporting events without having to stress a lot about it. And so that's the lifestyle I wanted. So I created a business to where I can be very remote. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to be there at all times, you know, per se, if, I'm, if I have a service um, or a product. And that's how I started ATX Web Designs. Once I started ATX Web Designs and went, you know, I guess you could say 100 percent into it. Yep. In 2015, um, what really spiked a major amount of growth really started off from me um, reaching out to others. My mentor, you know, we would meet like two times a week mm-hmm. and he was just, man, the amount of information that he just threw at me was almost overwhelming. And honestly, most of the stuff that he gave me in 2015, I'm not even using until now, 2017 mm. and going into 2018. Let's stop right there. Let's you start right there. Real quick, real quick. How did you even find the mentor? Because the reason why I asked, and to kind of let the audience know the flow of this show, we're going to first start mainly keep it business for the first part of the show. Second part, we're going to yeah. delve into the family piece because I think that's critical. Um, That back piece and that foundation. I really want to talk to that because a lot of times, 
I don't specifically talk on certain things like that, but we're going to talk about that this show. And the last part, yes, we're going to talk about the future. But specifically, before we even get into how this agency is morphed, because this is key. Because a lot, I know a lot of people that do web design, a lot of people that do graphic design agencies, but there is a distinct difference on how you can grow that platform, scale it, hire Definitely. more people. And I want you to talk specifically to that. But before we do, how did you even find your mentor? Or did he find yeah, you? Yeah, so ch- he, well, it went like this, man. It's kind of, you know, it's favoring, you know, I think, I thank God for this dude just because he was huge and he gave me way more than I could give him. But I was a personal trainer mm-hmm. when I was doing, when I was doing pro ball. In between, if I was never on contract or whatnot, you know, I made money by doing personal training, Mm -hmm. which I liked and I enjoyed. But I was doing personal training. He had a son that was in high school. I was really good at training people uh, for speed. And so, you know, I had known him from the gym and whatnot. And so I never trained his son. But then he came to me. He said, hey, um, I want you to train Kyle for for speed. I was like, "Okay, cool. Um, So I was training him. You know, he was paying me just like regular rights. Everybody was paying me. Mm -hmm. Then about, you know, a few weeks or maybe even a month later, he was like, how about um, you train Kyle and I mentor you to build your business? And we bought her. He was like, it's completely up to you. Mm -hmm. And honestly, dude, at that moment, like at that moment during 2015 or the beginning of or 2014, I mean, I needed the money mm-hmm. at that moment. I needed the money way more than I needed his mentorship. <laughs> but I'm a very forward thinking person. Yeah. And I un- and I knew that this guy was like extreme. I'm talking about seven figures successful. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, what the knowledge that he's going to give me today may not help me two, three months right now, but in the future it's going to be huge for me. And so I took that barter dude. And so, like I said, man, we met like two times a week. Um, and, and I mean, even after, his, you know, when his son started his sports season and he was like, well, I'll have you train me now. He was just mm. a genuine dude, dude. Wow. He wanted to continue to give me so much knowledge. Of course, he wanted to keep it just like in a respects way to where it's like, hey, you're doing for me and I'm doing for you. But like I said, he gave me way more than I could ever give him. I can email him right now and he get back to me today. Wow. Like that's even, you know, the relationship he has. And he's just genuine dude to want to see me succeed. And so the way that I can, I feel that I can repay him is for one taking everything that he's given me and actually applying it mm-hmm. and then for two paying it forward man i'm always like you know i have people that i mentor even clients i won't say mentor then well so i have a couple of them that i do but even clients that i have do you know and we'll get about it, like you said we'll get about it uh get to it later in the show yeah. but i have a twist when we're talking about web design because i'm not i'm a non-tech guy in the ah. tech industry Ooh. but i'm marketing and business development minded which is a huge reason why my business shot up from one or I think it, we ended up having two uh, in 2015, me and a developer that I ended up bringing out. And so I actually stopped right there. So my, my, my mentor, my initial mentor, which is still I look at as my mentor, he still helps me out, started with me in 2014. Wow. He told me about a couple months in after we were going through everything, you know, he's a real estate guy. Yeah. And so he told me, he said, look, I understand a lot about web design. I understand a lot about ranking and all that stuff. He said, but you need to find somebody that knows, like, that has this industry. And that's to the, like, wherever they're at is where you want to be at. And so it was very uncomfortable for me because I was like, man, I don't know anybody. He said, find somebody. Mm -hmm. He said, Google it and choose somebody. It's like, oh, man, it was really uncomfortable, dude. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, let me ask you this. He said, when you wanted to play pro football, what was one of the first things you did? 
I said, uh, or he said when he was trying to, you know, get in the league and, and get on teams. I said, man, I had contacted um, some guys that I know that played and still play in the NFL and got some advice from them. He said, it's the exact same thing. He said, what you did as an athlete is the exact same thing that you're going to do as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. And so I actually, man, when he said that, it just clicked in my head, you know, because I've been doing sports all my life and that's how I approach everything now. And so when I contacted this other guy, man, his name, uh, his name is Daryl, Daryl Stevens, incredible, good dude. I just Googled, you know, web, um, um, Austin web design company. Wow. And it was like three top ones up there. And I just chose him. I went to different websites and I chose him. Um, and then I just, I, I was like, man, if you could call this guy up and it literally check this out though. It took me another two months from when my mentor actually told me to do it. And he wow. kept bugging me about it. Yeah. He finally was like, when am I going to get my damn phone call? <laughs> All right, man, I'll call somebody. So I called up Daryl, dude. Didn't know me from, you know, a blade of grass on an acre of land. So I called him up and I, I act like I didn't actually I left a voicemail. He calls me back. I talked to him like I'm a potential customer or client. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, um, you know, I was asking him, how did you get into web design? How long have you been doing it? And he was like, oh, I got a pretty interesting story. And I said, man, look, you know, my name is Daniel. I'm a freelance web designer here in Austin. I'm trying to build my company up. I'm trying to build to have an actual company, a real agency. I said, man, I love to take you to lunch, coffee or whatever on me. And I just want to hear your story. He was 100% forward, dude. Wow. He was like, man, definitely. Let's do it. So we met. We met at Chipotle, had lunch. Dude paid for my lunch. Uh -huh. I'm telling him, no, nah, I'll pay for you. I was like, man, I invited you. He's like, no, bro, I got you. He paid for my lunch, uh -huh. which... Hell, I probably could barely pay for his lunch anyway. <laughs> and so we sat down with me and we talked, we chopping up. He telling me his story, had an incredible story. I mean, dude was on like hardcore drugs for years, from wow. his teenage years to his 20s, changed his life, gave his life over to Christ, started his company. Now he's built this multi-million dollar uh, web design agency. And so literally, dude, what he gave me that day, and he told me it was just going to happen. He said, man... I did the exact same thing that you're doing right now. And he said, it took my business like it shot it up like it is just jetted off. He's like times 10 and growth with everything you're going to see. He's like, watch, I'm telling you. So he gave me all his knowledge and information, dude. And he was right. I met with this dude like in the some maybe the summer or, or beginning of fall of, of uh, the 2015, the last three to four months of the year was like why I made the most of my money because of the knowledge and stuff that he gave me. Wow. You know what I mean? So if you had to and say, so I took that. Yeah. How, how, how would, why the bigger question is, why do you believe that he, he has a web design company as well? What yeah. do, why do you believe that he was so a, he took the meeting and two was able to give you that kind of information. So I'll take it from, so what's with the first one, the reason that he gave me, all that information, because you look at it as, you know, when I'm talking, when you think about an athlete, I'm thinking about, hey, everybody's competition. He told me the exact same thing that my mentor told me. He said, dude, it's enough to eat out here for everybody. Mm. He said, it's enough out here to eat for everybody. He said, and so on the top of that, he said, I was in your exact same shoes and I did the exact same thing. And somebody helped me out exactly how I'm helping you out. Mm. And he said, so I got to pay it for, you know, he's, he's a strong man of God as well. You know what I mean? But at the same time, just cause you, you know, just cause you're a strong man of God, <laughs> it doesn't mean you just want to give somebody advice to help him out because 
my company has grown and my industry has grown massively. And his is still from a revenue standpoint. His is still more than mine. But at the same time, you know, from a ranking, if you type in Austin Web Design now, Web Design Austin, my company pops up right by his. You know what I mean? (laughs) So. He looks at it and, and, and it wasn't like that because he's been there for the past five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. But he gave me, man, so much knowledge and direction. And it allowed like I didn't have to go through too many other trials and errors. Wow. You know what I mean? And so even him, he's the same way, dude. I can shoot him an email now and he'll get back to me today. If not today, I mean, he's busy, too. So if it's not today, it's tomorrow. But regardless, he'll definitely get back to me. So just a huge blessing, man. And these two people, well, not Tim so much, which is my, my mentor, but but Daryl, he was a complete stranger, dude. Mm. And I just reached out to him. And like I said, it was very, it was very uncomfortable. But if if I don't do that, and I thank God, man, because it was just like the pers- perfect person that I could have reached out to. Because he runs his agency different than most everybody else, just like me as well. Mm-hmm. So it was just a huge blessing, dude. And it gave me so much, man. And I really just look at it as favor, man. Yeah, man. I think there's something critical. There's three critical things that that I want to break down real quick and then jump to what change you made in your business. But the three, three critical things that I saw, A, is one, everything matters. And I think I talked about it in a podcast uh, a couple episodes ago. But you didn't seek for a mentor. You were just training his son. And then he saw yeah. the way you were training his son and doing a diligent job of that. You didn't know it was going to lead to all this. And he said, Definitely. okay, let's do this. And then at the end, he said, yo, and I know times, specifically a certain entrepreneur, somebody that's listening right now where times is hard and you know every dollar counts. But that's it's that one person, you know, shoot, if I make a genuine relationship with them, if I say, hey, I got $20 for a book. Hey, I'm not even going to charge you a book. Let me send you this. Let me do this. Yeah, it could it that bar that trains. If you look about the future, because he could have paid you one forty, one fifty, or whatever your rates were, and that would have been fine for that moment. But you yeah. said, "Yo, let me just fall in the shit. And let me say, let me make this happen." And so, two, there's one, the fact of everything matters. Because if you would have a slap job with his son, it wouldn't have went the way it would. Uh, uh, way he would have peep game. And yeah. then two. That willingness to say, how can we make this happen? I think that's where a lot of us stop. And even myself falls short. And you know it in the sales game. Sometimes we get the first no or whatever. Or we reach out to somebody like, well, they're too expensive for me. Have yeah. a mindset of, okay, how could we make this happen? It may not be with that person, but maybe this, cause there's always maybe something you can offer. Um, and I think that's too, that's critical. And then the third piece and the most exciting piece I saw is, you applied the principles and I love the way your mentor said it. Like, okay, whatever it is you, for you, it's athletics for somebody else. It may be something different, but for you yeah. athletics and he, he just, he retrained the focus and said, guy, just like in athletics, you reached out to third party people and got to the source, do that. And it was just a Google search away <laughs> yeah, and a phone yeah. call. And I don't want people to get lost though, because when you say, okay, well, Greg, I'm going to do the Google search. I've called 10 people. We'll call 15. I call 15. We'll call 20 because at the end of the day, and this is, I'm learning this myself and I'm glad I'm having this call because at the end of the day, if there, there's whatever industry you're in, there's hundreds of people that are successful and millionaires in it. I, I, there's no industry. That you, so if you call 10, 20 and try to get a lunch and don't say, I mean, it could be you pick your brain, whatever offer, but put it out there and you'll be surprised at how many is, and I think you did one thing critical too, though. I think you called and left voicemail. Yeah. It wasn't just a cold email. You call, you heard a human voice, you pitched it. And like, if you can do real quick, break it into when you called and it like how, cause I want people to, I want us to be real practical with this. So for somebody that's out here struggling in their business and they don't got no money to afford a coach, 
that oh here's a better question somebody right now right they have yeah. they're either struggling in business or they're doing okay in what they're doing and they really don't have the money necessarily at time to afford coaching or whatever what would you suggest they do um man reach out to somebody rather it be somebody you know or somebody you don't know it honestly exactly what i did mm-hmm. and like i said it's going to be uncomfortable dude because most of the people that you reach out to like you know the guy daryl he wasn't like somebody that's like a mentor or a business coach or something like that or like like he's not like not a business coach hey you pay me and i'll help you build your business he was just a guy in the industry that had a great heart man and he could understand and relate to me because i was reaching out to him like he's had to do in the past you know what i mean so it's one one i'll put it like this one if somebody wants to help you, take their help. Mm. There's one thing I'm adamant about, dude. Forget this mindset of, you know, it's all me. I can do it on my own. No, forget that. Especially as an entrepreneur, dude, your ideas and your thoughts is really great when you can express them to somebody and they can really bring reality to you and be like, hey, you got a dumb idea or you got a great idea or you should probably, I don't, your idea could be dumb to me or great, but you need to work towards making it work. I've seen a lot of things that are just, I've seen a lot of horrible products and horrible services, but somebody knew how to make them work. So when somebody offers you help, take the help. If somebody offers you a book, take the book. You know what I mean? So actually I'll give an example real quick and get back on topic. When uh, on LinkedIn, there was a girl that I'm actually connected with through you. And I told her, you know, she was saying she was going through some things and I said, look, you need to read Greg's book. It's a great book. I got it. I read it. She was like, yeah, I'm going to get it when I can. I said, look, I'm a, I said, hit my DM. And I told a girl, I said, look, I'm going to purchase this book for you and get it sent directly to you. No, you don't have to do that. No, forget that. I'm going to do it. Like, tell me that. I know what I done. I don't have to do it. Yeah, of course. But look, this is going to take you, your mindset to a whole nother level. And you need to get this knowledge and you need to get this information in you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, little things like that, man, when somebody offers you help, definitely take their help. Outside of that, you got to just you got to be uncomfortable and you got to reach out to somebody. And they, it doesn't have to be like a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. just has to be somebody that's a step above you, even if it's one step above you. Now, not everybody's going to want to help you. Not everybody's going to want to be on board because not everybody has that mindset like, you know, hey, there's enough to eat out here for us all. But if they're really successful, they're going to help you because they're going to have their mindset like, look, there's enough out here for all of us to eat. I'm going to help you out. I needed help when I started mine. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's the route that you can go. Don't don't never allow money to be um, an issue. You know what I mean? Last thing you can do is even, even if you can't go buy a book, I'm sure to sure you got a phone. You can look up some articles or something online. There's a lot of different things out there, but you can find a way. All right. So let's get practical. Let's get practical again, because a lot of people and I think this is real key. Once you got all the information, right? Let's go back to you got all information from your mentor first and then you're getting a lot of this information from a guy that's really well off in industry doing well. What are the concrete things you started to do with your business to to take it to the next level? And the reason why I ask that because a lot of the people that have been listening, they've been listening to a lot of podcasts, right? They've been going mm-hmm. to conferences, they've been reading books. They have information on information on information of the information, right? But then there's always that gap of applying it, how to apply it, how to leverage stuff. So walk us through uniquely your experience on once you're getting all this information, what'd you do then? Man, uh, I know it's a big question. It is. But the first thing I'll say is figuring things out. I don't care how much people can just like soak you with knowledge and wisdom. 
But at the end of the day, even when you're when you're applying it, you have got to figure things out. I had to figure out how to hire people. I had to figure out like, you know, how to market to people, even though I had the mindset for it. I had to figure these things out. So for me to really build up my business, I took what I was given and I always say I exhausted or I pushed everything that I had, the knowledge that I had until I got to the next point. This one, then this one, I set the milestone. So I'll give you an example. When um, I was doing everything myself, I was doing developing myself. I was every single thing. I was a one man team. Then Daryl told me I need to bring on a developer. I didn't have the funds to bring on a developer. So the way that I had to do that was, okay. if I'm going to bring on a developer, I'm going to contract one out on a project basis when I start off. And so now I'm going to market and go get a higher end client. And once I close with this higher end client, I'll hire on that contractor, that that developer. You know, I'll say that one more time. So you did what again? So I needed a developer to develop the websites for me Mm -hmm. so that I could do more marketing, free more time up for me. But I didn't have the funds. I didn't have the money to hire one. No, I started my company off with nine dollars and ninety cents. Like I didn't have much money at all, bro. Like so when you're talking about I paid nine (laughs) dollars and ninety cents a month to have a website on Wix.com. That's all that I could afford. Like I couldn't afford to go do anything else. (laughs) Everything else is all time. Uh I had to put in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't have money to do it. So then I went out and marketed. And for me to build my business up starting off, of course, I couldn't do a whole bunch of marketing in reference to like SEO and all this stuff. I mean, I did cold calls. Mm. I sat down and I trust me, I had a lot of no's, dude. I sat down. First thing I did was I went to the local chamber of commerce website. Mm-hmm. I went on there. I looked up every single business that was on the local chamber of commerce. I went there. I went to their website. If I feel like I can develop something better than what they had, I would write down the name of the uh, the name of the company. I write down the, the website name, the phone number on the website. If I feel like in most of them, were sm- these are really small businesses. So if they had like the owner of it on there, I write that person down as like the decision maker. So that's what I need to ask for. And I would create this cold call list of about 80 businesses. Mm-hmm. Monday and Tuesday, I'm busting out that list. I'm calling, I'm pitching. I got, trust me, I got way more people that hung up on me and told me knowing that they're fine than those that said yes. So Monday and Tuesday, all I'm trying to do is book appointments. I'm trying to get in and meet with these people. I'm booking appointments, I'm getting meetings on Monday and Tuesday when I'm doing these cold calls. Wednesdays and Thursdays, those are the times that I set up to actually go out and meet with them. So I, what I would do is, I didn't have time to go in or actually at at the moment, I didn't have the knowledge to know how to pitch someone without actually showing them a product. Mm-hmm. So I would I would pre-design something that's better than what they already have and slap their logo on it and some of the content that they have. In and so day? when I meet with them in a day, I had to grind, dude. Monday, Monday and Tuesday, morning to afternoon, I'm busting out cold calls. After I pick my kids up and and, and get them home and all do all the family stuff, wife goes to bed, kids go to bed. I'm up at night doing mock-ups for any appointments that I have. I could have five meetings on Wednesday and Thursday. Monday and Tuesday, I got to figure out how I can get these things done. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to get these mock-ups done because that's how sales are working for me. So I would do that Wednesday and Thursday, go in, talk to them, show, hey, look, this is what I came up with, and I think it'll be, it's, it's better than what you have, and here's why it's going to work better for you. So that's how I was you know, pulling in business and whatnot, dude, and I did that. All of 2015, mm-hmm. literally all of 2015, when the local chamber of commerce um, 
uh, uh, list ran out, I was just looking up people in specific industries on um, uh, on Google. You know what I mean? So everything was a grind. When you want to build up a business, dude, it's a grind and it's a constant grind. And like I said, I got way more no's and I barely made any money all through 2015, even with the deals that I had, because I was taking on projects that I was doing way more work for than what I was getting paid. But mm. keep in mind for me, I got a family to feed. Yeah. That's all that mattered to me. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm not single. And then at the same time, I wasn't going to allow my family to struggle for, you know, my goals and my dreams. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I was going to take the sacrifice on me. You know what I mean? I'm still going to pick my I still want to take my kids to school, pick my kids up, spend time with them after school. And once they get to bed, once my wife gets to bed, then I don't mind staying up two, three, four five hours later, man, and knocking out work that needs to get done. Man. You know what I mean? So. I had that mindset, dude. I had that drive. So when building up a business, especially from scratch, I think people really have to like, like just embrace the fact that it's going to take a lot more hard work than you're even thinking mm. or even visualizing. Because everybody thinks about the goal. Everybody or most people look at the things that others are doing and they kind of picture themselves there already, but they don't picture the hard work. Like when I'm a visionary person and, you know, I come from a sports background. So when I play football, even when I'm boxing now, especially with boxing, dude, I visualize myself and things that's going to take place in a ring. But I visualize myself more putting in the work than the actual moment when I'm in a ring. Mm. You know what I mean? I visualize the pain and different types of things that I got to go through. And my, my imagination is so big that when I got to do it, it's like. It's a lot easier mentally than what it would be if I wasn't visualizing. So it's the same thing for business. You know, I visualize that I'm going to have some sleepless nights. I visualize that I'm going to have to figure out how to build up my team and build this company up to even a bigger company than what it is right now. So when you're starting off a business, man, and just growing and pushing it, that's always that's always the key thing is just that grind and that hard work from startup. And, you know, this is my going into my uh, this is my this will be my third year in 2018 with my company. But I still got that exact same drive and it's the exact same grind as I did back in 2015. Man, that's huge. And question this, what was your system? So, okay, let's 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 forecast three months, three months. You're doing Monday, Tuesday. You're getting these clients, getting these calls, getting these no's, getting yeses. How do you manage all these projects? Because I think that's a huge critical thing, because say, for instance, I am a. Massage therapist. Let's do something random. Massage yeah. therapist. And I look on local chamber of commerce and I want to pitch to a corporate from a, for, 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 for companies to help out with their wellness initiatives and kind of to de-stress their environment. And I got some packages I want to try out and I call and I get three yeses one week, three yeses the next week. How, what is your process on managing all that? Specifically, yours is probably unique because you're in something that you need to check in. You need to get prototypes or whatnot. If you got 10, yeah. 20 projects going on, how do you manage that? Now I, I'll start back from before now. Before okay. now, it's a lot. It's a lot easier. Before now, dude, I was writing down everything, and it was very hard to manage everything. Mm-hmm. But before now, I was doing like I was doing. Like, I was writing down everything before I came. It's like um, as I, I mentioned before, I do most all my work on my phone now. Mm-hmm. But before that, you know, um, you know, I just had lists. My my mentor taught me to create a to do list every single day, mm-hmm. and so what he taught me was. You create a to-do list, all the things you need to get done, emails, project updates, project reviews, uh, phone calls, all that stuff. 
So what I would do is I would jot down everything in mind of people I need to email and do everything with projects. And then he told me to now you need to prioritize it because you're not the, the point of a to do list isn't to have this big, long to do list. And you're going to be able to finish it like in one day you take it, especially from a weekly perspective, and you take things from top priority to the lowest priority. So I would have this big to do list and then I would take things that are top priority for me. Okay, what's going to allow me to close on the company today, uh, close on business today? I need to follow up with this person. I need to follow up with that person. I would even go by, man, I had a spreadsheet and I would have in a spreadsheet just like people that I've talked to and they were thinking about it or something like that. But there was still a lead. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I would type in little notes from feedback. So I was doing a lot of things that were it was organized enough for me at the moment. And I felt very unorganized at that time. But take this, though. That's 2015. We're now in 2017. I didn't hire on. Now, take this. I don't hire on until I need to. Yeah. I don't look at something with a whole bunch of, oh, I'm going to have a whole bunch of potential growth. Let me hire on somebody now. No, I exhaust it till it gets to the point to where like, hey, if I don't hire on somebody, it's going to slow down my processes. So I hired on a project manager this year. The great thing about it is I hired on a project manager, dude, and I already had a system in place. Mm. because I did every single thing with that system myself. So it was a lot easier for me to teach her how to do it all. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a talent person. Like I, I, I bring on, I hire people based on like talent and personality. Like you can have a nice resume, mm -hmm. but it's talent and personality. I want to make sure that you can fit in with the team. Uh, but it, and at the same time, if you have really good talent, I can teach you the other stuff because it's based on the system. She never did project management work before. But what happened was I had um, I had a speaking engagement at the University of Texas at their coding boot camp. Mm -hmm. I spoke to them and chat with them. Well, I chose three of the students to sit in on a project that we had got, had going on. And I told the director, I said, I could possibly hire on one of them. I don't have need for a developer at the moment, but I could, I could hire on one of them from like project management or something like that. Well, out of all three of them, she asked the most questions mm. all the time when we met and I was taking them through stuff. She asked questions, email. She's asking a whole bunch of questions and she had, you know, she had talent from a web, web development perspective. But the fact that she asked so many questions and she wanted to continue to learn is what really struck my attention. So that's why she got hired on, dude. And I was like, if she has things going on and she doesn't understand something. She's not just going to try to do it and make a mistake and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I didn't know. Like she's going to ask questions ahead of time, which is something that I like. You know what I mean? So um, like I said, fast forward from 2015 to now 2017, I brought her own, dude. And when I brought her own, we had like 10 projects in a going. Like I had just closed on six projects. Oh, wow. And I was like, shoot, I need to bring on a project manager ASAP. I can't do this. I got a lot of meetings, doing a whole bunch of marketing. So I brought her on. And it was like it was a flip of the switch, man. I told her too. I said, look, all you have to do is learn the system. It's the McDonald's approach. You go into McDonald's, not one person is running up flipping burgers and doing fries and, and, and doing drinks and doing orders. You got your station and you do your thing. Mm -hmm. I told her, look, this is your baby. I already have a system for it. We're going to start off with this system. I want you to learn the system and know it like the back of your hand. Then we'll begin to build on it even more together. Yeah. So. Just organizing everything, you know, starting off, like I said, I did as much as I could. It felt very unorganized. But now I kind of see just like I understand now how I reap the benefits of everything I did then because I created a system 
without even really thinking about it. So now everything I did then, I can apply to my anyone I hire now. And I think that's huge for anybody that's listening right now that whatever they're doing, right? Specifically for my solopreneurs that are honestly solopreneurs, and it's not even outside of entrepreneurship, whatever you're doing right now, that it it matters, it yeah. really, it really does matters. And if you think, okay, and even if it's tough, even if you're overwhelmed, even if you're overworked, if you tell yourself in any day, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. I can bring God in this, right? Last yeah. yesterday, I, I I heard something that was so so unique, man. It was a story about three bricklayers, right? And then one, and, and somebody walked by and says, "Hey, man, what are you doing?" The first bricklayer said, "Hey, I'm just laying brick." The second, yeah. the second bricklayer said, "Man, I'm just getting, I'm just filling the time through the day and getting my check." The third bricklayer said, I'm building a cathedral that's going to change the world with the knowledge that the people are going to bring forth through it. Right? Oh, man. So, like, they all doing the same thing. They're laying bricks, right? So, the first person yep. say, I'm just laying bricks. Second person, I'm getting paid. Next person, I'm building a cathedral, right? So, and when, you, when your business right now, whatever's doing, I know you're like, man, I wish I had a team. I wish I had this. But guess what? When you have that team, what happens when you don't have the process in state? To really do it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All this complaining, right? No, this is your opportunity now. So document the process, but also enjoy the work you're doing because guess what? Now you do it on the front end, on the back end where you're explaining yep. it to somebody. When you bring it on somebody, hey, you know who to bring on to, what type of personality to have, what type of skills they need to have. You know all this stuff because you did it yourself. And I'm not I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that because sometimes it depends. You may be in a situation where you have ample funds and you can play around and hire the wrong people. But if you are not in True. that situation, then, yo, you need to uh, – <laughs> Pay attention and say, this is a opportunity and look at it. Yo, this is the future of my company. So now I touch these points. So now I know when I bring in, people can add value. Yeah. And and, and to touch on that, like from the, from the point where you're talking about the, the bricklayers, man, one thing to do as well. And this was massive for me. Um, and I, I'll say, I, I kind of say, I only, I still don't even realize or understand why, but I kind of do at the same time. And to that, the reason I had so much, the reason I had that 550% growth in, in internally as a, with the team as well as revenue from 2015 to 2016 is because in 2015, I think it was like September, October, something around that. And on, in that year, I, I wrote down the goals that I wanted to hit for 2016. So in 2015, I wrote down the goals for 2016 in like September. Way before the, the end of the year. And while I'm still grinding and working, you know what I mean? And literally, dude, I kid you not, man. Well, I know I take that back from two, yeah, 2015 to 16. Literally, man, I, my company grew or I started to get on projects and I started to grow in 2015 leading, leading into 2016. In mm-hmm. other words, the goals that I wrote down then already started to take place that exact same year and just rolled in over to the next year. And the reason being is I feel the reason being is because I already put myself in that mindset. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I wrote it down. I'll get back to it on January 1st. It was like, no, I'm writing this down. Now I need to start working to build up to where I want it to be. So that bricklayer is talking about like where he, he had that vision mm. and he was visionary of what he wanted to be. And that was his goal. But at the same time, he was like, okay, this is my goal. But I'm still working and I'm grinding because I understand this is what I need to put in, the work I need to put in to get to that point. Man, I love that. So this podcast going out October 26th, 
for the first three people that send me their goals to greg at gregehill.com for 2018. And do not just say that they need to be complete, but send me at least three bullet points of their goals in the next week or so. First three people to greg at gregehill.com. Greg, greg greg I got you a free ticket to the Minority Trailblazer conference that's $300 value I got your free ticket for the first three people just send me their goals for 2018 all right so hope y'all listening make sure to take advantage of that boom all right before we get into the life the life portion I want to ask a couple more key questions about business so if you had to say what is one secret right that you would tell the audience specifically the ones that are solopreneurs right now or are doing things in a dolo what what Let's let's talk tangibly to the people that are in the graphic design space, right? Okay. What would you tell them if you if they could just say, "Yo, one nugget, one nugget." They're 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 doing their thing, but they want to expand. What would be the most important thing that you would tell them? Um, for me, I would say a hundred percent on your strengths and what you're great at, and build up to bring in others that make up for your weakness. And what I mean by that is I'm not a web developer. I have no like desire at all to learn a whole bunch about coding. The reason that I did it was because of course to build up my business. I'm a marketing and business development guy. And that's where I built like I always had that in mind. I always want to be in a position to be able to do what I'm great at with my company, which is taking a new marketing ideas and campaigns in business development, growing a team, growing the business revenue. So everything that I did at the moment, so if you are like in a digital world, say for instance, you are, if you are a developer, a freelancer or a graphic designer, and your goals is to actually build up to where like you have an actual agency, a company, and a team, build up to that point where it's like, I want to cont- I want to be able to do what I'm great at. If you're great at developing, build up to a point to where you can have a marketing team. A sales team. So all you can worry about is doing great development work and they're out closing business and doing things like that for you. So I'm all about banking in on your strengths and keeping in mind, like, I need to build up to where I can do what I'm great at. If you are, you know, there's so many people do that they have a really great skill in reference to, you know, say, for instance, like you took earlier, say, for instance, they're, they're, they're a bricklayer mm-hmm. or they're great at welding or something like that. And they'll start a business. But then now if that's your goal, that's your goal. But if you want to continue to just weld or, or, or do bricklaying or whatever it is that you're great at, build up to that. Continue to be great at it. Continue to learn, do great things at it and build up to it to where everybody else, you know, you build up that team. You build up that business to where you can hire this person on and bring that person on. I think that's the number one thing that people do is especially entrepreneurs. You know, I understand. Of course, I know from firsthand experience, you have got to wear every single hat in your company. You got to be everything, man. You got to be the bookkeeper. You got to be the marketing person. You know what I mean? You got to be the salesperson. You got to be everything. But always have in mind, you know, just being going back to being visionary, have in mind like, hey, this is what I want to do in my company ultimately in X amount of time. So I got to build up enough business to where I can bring somebody on to do what I'm not great at. So I can focus on and do what I am great at. I love so that. that would, that would be the advice that I would give just because I see so many people that, um, that don't embrace it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to try this new this new quick round real quick of it's called What's Your Stance? And I'm only gonna I'm only gonna do this with uh, entrepreneurs and I'm gonna ask three I'm just gonna say three words or not three words, I'm gonna say a sentence and kind of get your stance and take on it. Um the first thing I wanna sh- ask is what's your stance on pricing? Changing pricing, starting out pricing, because that's huge. Because when you first started out, it's different. So what's your stance on yeah. pricing? My stance on pricing is it depend first off, it depends on what you want to do. You gotta ask yourself two questions. Mm-hmm. Do I wanna be do I wanna do a bunch of projects for a reasonable price? Do I wanna do a few projects for um a very high high end price? Mm-hmm. Now the only way that you're gonna be able to do that is you gotta present value. You can't tell somebody pay you 10,000, 20,000, 30, 50,000 bucks or something if there's not enough value presented with it. Then, of course, when you present the value, you have to deliver the product or the service. You know what I mean? So whatever prices you're going to charge, it has to have value with it. You know what I mean? If you go to Target and you go to Walmart, you can expect different prices. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? So one one can have the exact same product or they can have the exact same product, but they're going to charge something different. Because one presents value, I'll say value differently. One is going to present more high end, right? They can be the exact, I say, it can be the exact same product. But when you walk into Target and when you walk into Walmart, you know the difference, mm-hmm. right? How things look and everything else. So Target presents a certain amount of value. Walmart presents a certain amount of value. Neither one of them is right or wrong. It's just the direction that they want to go. Mm-hmm. So if you when you talk about pricing, if you want to increase your price or if you want to stay where it's at but bring in more people, just understand you have to present that value for what, what it is that you're selling. Nah. I, hope, I hope I explain that nah. to everybody and it makes sense. No, nah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, the second the second thing is, what's your, what's your stance on marketing? My stance on marketing, um, that's a broad question, but I'll put it like this when it comes to, when it comes to marketing. The first thing you got to do is you have got to understand your target audience. You cannot market to anybody if you do not understand them. I'm talking about if it goes and it's, it's different for different industries. Understand from a, from an age perspective, from an ethnicity perspective, from a culture perspective, everything, man. Look at look at TV advertisements. Right. So I'll go back to uh, I'll go back to Walmart. Mm-hmm. I walked in Walmart. Um, this is a couple months. Oh, actually, this last month. For my daughter's uh my daughter's birthday, I went in to pick up a birthday cake from the little bakery section, and I walk in, and I, I'm always I'm always paying attention to stuff. So I see this this poster, and it had a white guy, and it had a girl, which is like his daughter, and she was like mixed breed, right? She had that 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 mixed breed look, uh, yeah, um, and all that stuff, right? And I look at it, and then you look at other advertisements. And, and, and ways forms of marketing. It comes down because they understand that target market. They understand that they have a lot of people that are in, in interracial relationships. They have right, and it made they target audience like we're doing a website right now for a high end um, fake eyelash company, right? They were these fake eyelashes, and they're very high end. And the target market that they're going after of now, it's not based on ethnicity; it's actually based on location. Mm. But that location is predominantly white. And Hispanic is very high end. So everything on that website is going to be there's not going to be many like this isn't enough. And I want people to understand it's not a racist or prejudice type thing. You know what I mean? You have to understand your target market. 
and you market to them. So everybody on the, the women on the website are predominantly white and there's some Asian and everybody is more of like a light or very bright complexion. Mm. Right. Even if there's, there's a black woman on it, but it's a, like a, a mixed breed interracial type of black woman. You get what I mean? Yeah. So you got to understand your target market and your target audience and market to them, not in any unethical type of way. I, I just want to draw that line because a lot of people look at it on a different side, not in any type of unethical um, way, but you can understand your target market and your audience and you push to them. We have so many people do. I have so many people that ask me so much with these businesses. How do we market to millennials? You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we break down things like, because millennials is really a big group, dude. You talk, I think it's from like 27 to 37, something yeah, around that. It's a, it's a huge like group and, and they're different. It is. Go ahead. Nah, you said, nah, you hit on, you but, probably but, hit on it. They're different. So, so when I, when I break it down, I say, look, you have to understand this is a big group when you're talking about millennials. First off, 27 to about 30, 27 to about 33. If they have a they, they don't have a career yet, most of them are still just doing a job because mm-hmm. nowadays people don't really bank in on a career and sell themselves all out to a company to, until they like but just about their mid 30s. Because that's when a lot of them are thinking about families and whatnot. A lot of them are starting families until they're, and they're like. 33, 34, 35 plus, as opposed to years ago when it was more, you know, people would start families like in their uh, upper 20s and lower 30s. I said, so when you talk about millennials, break down the audience of millennials that you're going for. There are millennials, but there are millennials that have families. There's millennials, but there's millennials that are just like bachelors and bachelorettes and they're living a single life or they're in a relationship and they're not married or, you know what I mean? They're not looking for a family or anything right now. So you got to break those types of things down when you're talking about marketing. Before you can do any marketing, you got to understand and break down the people that you're actually marketing to. Mm. And then the last, what's your stance on before we move to the personal round? What is your stance on the difference between a hustler and entrepreneur? And here's a, here's some context, i.e., let's, let's speak directly. Person that is is working hard but not really making money to somebody that is working hard, utilizing systems, prices, processes, and really getting the most out of what they're doing. I look at it like this and we, the word hustler and hustle is used so much nowadays, but I look at it like this to break it down, to be very simple. Somebody that hustles is working for the moment or Mm. within that moment's time. They're working for that money for that moment or that moment's time, or they only focused on, they only have that that exact same goal, which is I got to make money. I got to eat. I got to make money. I got to, I got to eat. They never get past that phase. The entrepreneur hustles, but he's hustling to get to a milestone. Mm. Once he reaches that, him and her reaches that milestone, then they're hustling to get to the next milestone and the next milestone. Think about it. If somebody is climbing up a ladder and you have to put your hand in one place, and then your foot in the next, right? You hustling for that moment and that time. Then you put your hand in one place and your foot in the next. And then you get to the top of the roof. Once you get to the top of the roof, now you're setting your next goal. Mm. Now I got I got to get somewhere else. I'm putting the ladder somewhere else and I got to get to the next level. Then I got to get to the next level. The person is just hustling and that's just a hustler. They're climbing up the ladder. Then they're coming right back down and climbing up the ladder again. They're not going anywhere. Mm. They're staying on the exact same level. You get what I mean? And so that's the difference between someone that's an actual, that's someone that's a hustler and just hustling and someone that's an entrepreneur. 
one person is just on a hamster wheel, man. They're, they're moving really fast, but they're staying in the same place. The other person, they got levels that they're going to. It's different levels that they're trying to reach and get to and different milestones. That's part, that's my that's my take and how I visualize and see it. Man, I love that. I love that. That's man, you dropping some jewels today, man. So a <laughs> <laughs> question, man. I know this is your family is a huge, huge part of your life, man. So break us down. Break us down how how having a family has has focused or not like how how you've been able to deal with all the projects all the all the all the grind and all the stuff the last couple of years when you made your transition from professional football to mm-hmm. actually building his agency with also having a, a complete family man definitely man i mean first off man my family is everything my family is everything to me you know my kids my kids are young right now me and my wife have three kids five three and two and my kids are extremely active they are like they're just like me and my wife, and I have a I have a way more high energy level, but I'm I'm an ex- I have a, like I'm, I'm a very hyper person, and I always have been. And my kids are just like that. But I want to be able to embrace like the time I spend with my kids. And when I say spending time, it doesn't even matter, dude. If they are laying in the living room looking at cartoons or on that tablet, and I'm sitting on the couch, like people got to understand that time spent these days is so just like little things matter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because there's so many people that between like, you know, in the evening time, they're not getting home between, you know, seven or eight o'clock. And when they get home, they just got to bathe their kids and get their kids to bed. So I even embrace the small times when they just sitting up, watch the cartoons and they're talking. I embrace the times, dude, because I say I love to be able to take them to school. I know how my kids are in the morning. You know what I mean? I'm a very patient person. And, you know, I got to, like I said, I have three kids. So somebody's going to be fussing. Somebody's not going to want to get dressed. I'm going to have to get one. I, mean, I already have to get my, my two year old girl. I got to get her dressed all the time. Mm-hmm. But one of my five year old, three year old, they may, be, they may be in some kind of mood. You know what I mean? So my kids in the morning do just understanding who they are and, and just as they grow. Right. As a, at a really young age, knowing who my kids are, knowing their actions, knowing the way they act, spending so much time with them. Um, even though it's done in spurts, like I, my, my routine in, in reference to a family dude is a lot the same Monday through Friday on Monday through Friday, man, I'm picking my, I'm, I'm getting my kids up. I'm waking them up. I'm fixing their lunch. I'm getting them breakfast. I'm getting them dressed and putting their clothes out. I'm taking one, I'm taking my, my oldest to elementary. I'm taking my other two to daycare, you know, from 8 a.m. to, uh, uh, 5 p.m. I'm grinding with ATX and then from, uh, uh, five o'clock to about, well, from five o'clock really until like late night. I'm all about my kids. You know, my, both my boys, they do sports now. Um, I'm picking them up. I'm taking them home. My wife cooks, she gets home, but she has to be at work early, you know, so I make up for that time. And then in regards to my wife, man, I know I talk about family. We talk about kids a lot, but actually being able to give a lot more time and a lot more attention to my wife. You know what I mean? Like I like to be able to have the freedom, man, to just take my wife to lunch at any time I want throughout the week. You know what I mean? We got three kids, dude. So it's really hard for us to have. We don't have, like we was talking about the other day. One of our friends was like, hey, we haven't been on a date night in a long time. And it was like, what do we suggest? And we were laughing because we was like, we don't we really even get to get have date nights ourselves. We take date days. So on Friday, my <laughs> wife gets off at one o'clock. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I'll adjust my schedule a lot of times for us to be able to link up and have a late lunch or whatnot. 
or during the week, you know, Monday through Thursday, I drive downtown Austin, which I hate driving downtown Austin because of the traffic and stuff. But I drive downtown Austin, man, find parking and me and my wife have lunch. We could pick something up from somewhere and go back to our office and have lunch or go actually go somewhere and sit and eat. But we get that time, you know, that 25, 30, 40 minutes of time to just be able to enjoy one another and have a conversation without, you know, some kids screaming in the background, or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? So family time, man, family time from, from, from a perspective of with my wife and with my kids is hugely important to me. And like it goes back to what I said, my mentor told me. What type of lifestyle do I want to live? Do I want, you know, do I want private jets? Do I want a whole bunch of beach houses and stuff like that? You know, I don't have any interest in no private jets. I'll have me a beach house sometime. But the first point of the first priority for me is I want to be able to enjoy my family because when I can enjoy my family, I can enjoy wife. Um, I can enjoy life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's always why I look at it from that perspective. And it hadn't always been like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I had to build up to when I first started my company, my business. I wasn't able to drive downtown and take my wife to lunch realistically because I didn't have any type of extra money to do it. But I was now I'm able to do it. And now I'm able to, you know, have that flexibility and have that time. Now I work to where I don't have to have my laptop with me all the time. Like I said, I would say 90 percent of all the work that I do is directly from my phone. Wow. When I'm chatting with my team, you know, we use Slack. Um, all of us on Slack, I talk with them. Um, uh, we conversate like that. Of course, conversations on Mondays and Fridays is when I know I'm meeting with my team. We're going over a lot of internal things and new projects and whatnot. So everything is done largely from my phone. So I can drive downtown, you know what I mean? And as I'm walking, as I park and I walk to her building to get us so we can go to lunch, I may be shooting something out to my team or whatnot. When we sit down and have lunch, I'm giving her that 30 to 40 minutes of my focus. And then when I leave, I'm back on my phone and I'm knocking out work. You know what I mean? So uh, from a family perspective, dude, there was this is this is always the goal or at least a milestone mm-hmm. that I wanted to get to. And it was the largest milestone for me, like I said, because family for me is everything. I grew up in a home and a household, um, you know, it's not anything you ask, but from a hero perspective and a huge just like, um, yeah, like I guess you could say from a hero perspective, man, it's my parents, you know, my dad. Didn't have he graduated high school or whatnot, didn't have a college degree. I seen my dad get laid off, was barely making any money. I'm talking about nickels and dimes as we were growing up. You know, we didn't have much. But then I seen my dad get laid off from his job and make the decision to go to college, not go back to college, but to go to college. We talking about he was almost 40 years old, man. Go to college. And then he went to college. He put in something, was actually able to get a grant, went to um, um, a, a, a junior community college in the area. And then, you know, God just opened up doors for him. So he went there and then he was working as a substitute teacher at a school. And now my dad is the um, you know, he's the he's the president um, of the whole county back home for like development of uh elementary and kids and developing things with, with programs for parents wow. being more involved with their kids and a whole bunch of stuff, dude. And I see my dad come from making like a few dollars a month, man. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I pay attention to a lot of different things all the time. I've always been like that. And I may not say much about it, but I'm always paying attention. And I paid attention to these things growing up. And on my mom's side, you know, my mom, she started college. She didn't go back to college, but I seen my mom do grind and work her way up at a credit union 
to become just like a collections um, collections agent all the way up to a, a senior mortgage um, advisor and whatnot. And I seen her do that dude from just like, of course, from birth, man, I seen her grind and she would tell me, she used to tell me and my brother, she taught me and my brothers about um, um, how to save money, how to spend money. We didn't have much money at all, at all growing up. But then, you know, she had, they had bank accounts for each one of us with the exact same credit union from like when we was in our single digits growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Only a few dollars in it. They'll give us a few dollars here and there. Teaching, she would teach us how to spend it or whatnot. Always talk about debt. She didn't know any of this stuff. She used to go to work and learn from people that were in a position that she wanted to be in, dude. And learned and got all of this knowledge and information and gave it to me and my brothers. You know what I mean? And so even at that time when I was growing up, when I didn't understand these things, they were, man, they were putting that spirit of just like figuring things out and hustling and getting to a point. You know what I mean? And so I paid attention to these things. And so my parents, dude, are, you know, I look at them as my role models. Yeah, I, I never looked, even though I came from an athletic background and my, my, my mom was very athletic. She actually had a, a scholarship um, for sports when she went to college. But even from an athletic perspective, I don't look at it. I never looked at another athlete and be like, oh, this is my role model. I was able to have that foundation at home, regardless of the environment that we grew up in and different temptations and different things that we could have got involved in and actually did get involved in with a lot of things. I always had something at home that brought me back to what I should be doing and how I should set goals and how I should pursue them. And so for me, you know, it was the perfect balance. You know, I needed my dumb I'm the type of mindset. I'm the type of person like for me, I needed that father figure in my life that was going to be really hard on me. Like my dad was really hard on me and my brothers. It was really strict. You know what I mean? It was really just like, you know, being a man, growing from a boy to being a man. And I needed that, not saying that if I didn't have it, I still wouldn't be successful in life. But it allowed me to like a lot of decisions that I didn't make, man. I had my dad in the back of my head, you man. know, yeah. as, 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 a, as a boy and growing as a man, you know, even with my mom, you know, my mom, she, she'll be very just like she'll get dramatic with a lot of things and she'll be very more high end with it. But I would look at things like, oh, this just being my mama, you know, she's just being a mama. I wouldn't really have it in the back of my mind. But with my dad, it was a completely different perspective because my dad has been out in the world before he changed his life and whatnot. So we knew a lot of things that took place. Yeah, he was hip you know to game. I mean? He was hip to game. <laughs> yeah, he was he was hip to the game a lot more than my than my mom would in in, in ways. And so um, I always had that dude and it allowed me to even if it was things that I got involved in to quickly get away from them. And really, even if I did, I put it like this learn a lot quicker from my mistakes than what I would have. So, you know, I'm very grateful regardless of the environment that I came up in. I'm very grateful for my parents and the fact that I had both my parents inside the home and that they worked together from a marriage standpoint, from a raise, we're going to raise these kids standpoint um, and really bring them up um, um, right and help them in their life. Like I embrace that dude. And I take those same, you know, nuggets and that same knowledge and everything and that same spirit and i apply it to my life now with my family that's huge man and before we move to the future round i did want to ask this question because i think you alluded to it earlier what would you say is the biggest challenge that uh that you have faced through this through this journey not even just not even i wouldn't case it through entrepreneurship but Uh through through the life journey one of the biggest challenges and then how did you overcome it 
Oh man, the biggest challenges. Let me see. Just from a from a business perspective, with with being an entrepreneur, uh, it could be business person, whichever one you think will be will fit the fit the toe. It don't matter. It's up to you. I would say the biggest challenge, and I'm gonna say this is the biggest challenge because I had my biggest failure from it. Always going back to my bread and butter and sticking to the person that I am. I'm a very humble and grateful person for everything in life, man. And so I'll start here. My biggest failure, and this goes from just like a goal perspective. One of my biggest failures, dude, is I never played. I never played in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I never was on an actual NFL team. Now, I played on some arena leagues, but my biggest failure with the NFL isn't that I didn't make a team. It was because I had the perfect opportunity to sign a contract. I pretty much blew a six-figure deal um, and a reason I did with this. So so let me start here. Yeah. When I was trying to play, when I was trying to get in the NFL, first off, man, I was, I've always been an extremely good athlete. I went to a really small college. So in this really small college, I never had a single accolade. We didn't win a single game my senior year. So I was like, man, I want to go play pro. I feel like I can play in the NFL. So I got an agent. I had an agent and all this stuff. Agent wasn't doing anything for me. I actually, I remember, man, I, I asked my agent, I said, hey, hear anything from any teams? Like anybody reacting to my film? Sent that out to all 32 teams, haven't heard anything. I'm like, no, something ain't right. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to depend on anybody else and take that word for it. So, dude, I had like these emails that I got from a buddy of mine and I had the emails. I had like email forms to these teams. So I figured out the emails to 23 NFL teams. Dude, this took me like literally eight hours straight in one day. I remember my son, my five year old at the time. He was like three months. My wife was at work. I was doing personal training at the time. So I would watch my son. I'd have my son merge throughout the day. So, I, man, I had my laptop. I would send out an email to a team. To the, the the player uh the player personnel, and then if I got a bounce back, I knew that wasn't it. So I tried it until I didn't get a bounce back. So that's how I figured out the emails to 23 NFL teams. I sat down, I emailed every single one of these teams, figured out their emails. Took me like eight hours to do, and then for some of them, they would have a number on there, dude. I was I was cold calling, bro. Mm-hmm. I called up these NFL teams to try to speak to somebody. I got a I got their voicemail. Then I went and I left a voicemail for him. So long story short with that, I figured him out. I was about to stop when I got to the last five. I was tired. I was like, man, I ain't even heard anything back. So I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to knock out these last five just to say I did it. Mm-hmm. So the last five I did, one of them was the New York Jets. One of them was the Jacksonville Jaguars. The New York Jets hit me back that next first thing the next morning. Right. I'm in Texas. East Coast is an hour ahead. They hit me up. It was like. Um, six in the morning, my time. They was like, hey, got your film. Um, they wanted me to do a workout. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they called me in 30 minutes after I shot them an email. Wow. Call me up crazy. I didn't expect it. I seen it. I was like, what's a Florida number calling me? I was like, maybe it's the team. Never know. I answer it. He was like, Daniel Griggs, I forget the the pro player, the the pro the pro player's um name, but he was like, Hey, this is so and so with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got your email. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Right? So check this out. I'm doing the work. Don't even have that much faith that I'm going to get a call back. And I only did these last five just because I was like, I'm going to finish out just so I can say I at least did and I gave it everything I had. Right? These teams contact me. This guy hits me up. So moving forward, come 
October in 2012 during the season. The Jacksonville Jaguars fly me into Jacksonville. I get there. I got a workout. Dude's been telling me on the phone, telling me when I get there and everything. Hey, come in, do the workout, run this 40 fast like you usually do, do everything you usually do, be in shape, be ready to play. Like, we going to sign you. Dude, the whole time I prepared, I didn't stick to what I always do and what always works for me. I was trying to do what others did that were already in a league mm-hmm. or already played in a league. I was trying to train like they did instead of doing what worked for me, man. For me, I've always been fast. So anything I do, I don't care if it's boxing. I'm always running. When I'm running on the track, I'm always fast. My body always reacts to it. But I wasn't doing it. I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff other guys were trying to do. Long story short, I go up there and perform, man, and I don't perform like I usually do. Mm. I was just busting out low four, four something and 40 and, and, and jumping, you know, 36, 37. I had like a 42 inch vertical coming out of college doing it. I would have did everything I usually do. I went up there, dominated, put Daniel Griggs on a six week contract, been in the NFL without having to go through training camp or anything. I'm talking about I would have been suited and booted right then and there. Boom, blew it. And the reason it got, I blew it wasn't because I was nervous, wasn't because I wasn't like mentally ready to perform at that moment. It was because I didn't stick with what works for me and prepare for me. You know what I mean? So that's like, man, that's my biggest failure, dude, that I just, it's a huge, it was a huge mistake on my part. And I keep that now because even with business, like I'll look at what others are doing that has success from an outward perspective. Like I see what they're doing, not internally, but externally and be like, oh man, you know, I should do that. And I snap back in it real quick and be like, look, you can blow a lot of money and a lot of deals by trying to do things the way that this company is doing it because it looks good or that it's working for them as opposed to what you know works for you, your mm-hmm. business development, your marketing guy. Like I don't showcase I, we showcase, of course, websites because I want to give credit to my I like giving individual credit to people on my team, my UI, UX designer, developer and stuff like that. But from a perspective of when we're trying to reach audiences, I always talk about what, how what we do has grown the business massively for the clients that we have. Like we don't just we don't brag about, oh, it's a nice looking website. We design something like how creative we can be with this. You know what I mean? And the reason we don't is because. I know what what I do works and it works well. And I know what I'm really great at and what I'm really marketing at. Mm, man, you tied that on a knot, man. You tied it on a knot. So for our future round, I only asked two questions before we get into the rapid fire is actually three. If you can talk to yourself and tell yourself one thing five years ago, what would you tell yourself? Oh, man. Five years ago. Mm-hmm. Oof. 2017 that was in 2012 <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to i'd have to go back to the same thing that i kind of mentioned dude just like stick with being who you are and keep getting better at it mm. say no more that's it yeah and, right. I, and i and, and i add that on the end when i say keep getting better at it because a lot of people all you know a lot of people say just you know just be who you are but you got to understand be who you are but keep becoming a better person you know what I mean? Keep bettering yourself. Keep gaining knowledge. Keep learning. You know what I mean? Um, 
that's something that I would tell myself because not only the moment from me not signing a six-figure contract, but also just from a perspective of a lot of mistakes that I've made with other things and other uh, um, business ventures that I've pushed out to push push out. I didn't stick with doing what works for me. I would try to do what looks good and, and, and I would think that's working for others and try to implement what they did instead of what works for me. So always just keep being me and keep being better at it. Mm, love that, man. So what's, uh, what's next into, what is next in, uh, what's, ah, not what's next in, uh, yeah, what's next in 2017 and beyond, man? What can we expect? Oh, man. Um, that you can share. Building, <laughs> building, one of the main things is building my personal brand. Um, one thing I always like to mention is that until people understand that their personal brand and their business are pretty much the same thing, like you got to really understand that, especially in this day and age with social media and everything, the point to where I want to take my company uh, to where I just want to dominate first off the Austin area, then moving to like all of Texas is just building my personal brand, um, a lot more speaking engagements, which is happening. Uh, happening now just you know speaking at my college being invited to that um i'm actually (laughs) i just got invited to be a lot of y'all can look this up i just was invited and was accepted to be a part of um um, young entrepreneurs council so check that out that's a part of forbes there's something new that i have going on um and it's going to be major for me as well so really just building my personal brand letting people letting people know a lot more about about me uh, my entrepreneur journey, which just includes a lot of things in my life, my failures, my successes, um, how I pursue things in regards to family um, and a whole nine yards. So you can expect that a lot from me in 2000, uh, the rest of 2017, moving on to 2018 and moving forward a lot with my personal brand, which is going to bring a lot more attention to my company as I, well. I love that, man. And yo, let's barter some services, man. Help me out. I, I can help you out with the personal brand piece, man. I need some some business coaching or something like that with some processes, man. So let's talk. Let's do it. About I'm down this. for it. Yeah, because I, I luckily I got a good um I'm doing this coaching program right now and I've got a lot of uh I've been creating a lot of like forms and little processes and stuff like that. Not hacks, because mm-hmm. I hate the word hacks, because there's no shortcut, yeah. but some spaces. So we'll talk we'll talk offline and set some time and discuss that further, man. I think that'd be cool. Definitely. Um, our last question. This is a deep question. Uh, when it's all said and done, what do you want your lasting legacy to be? Oh, man. First off, I want my legacy to be towards my family. So my wife, my kids, of course, they're going to say great things about me. But that um, the same thing with I said, put it like this, the same thing with my family, as well as the same thing with just others out in the world is that I impacted people's lives in a great way that was positive. And when I say that, like from a family perspective, I understand that everything I do in front of my kids or not in front of my kids, in front of my wife or not in front of my wife is an energy and a spirit that still lets off. You know what I mean? So everything that I do, the decisions that I make, the things that I say in the way that I carry myself, I understand that that's something that impacts their lives, their lives, whether they see it or whether they know it or not. And so in, in reference to just like other people out in the world outside of my family, dude, I want to have a legacy of, of course, someone that, you know, 
the typical pursued dreams and had a lot of success, but brung others along with me. You know what I mean? I seen a, um, I actually posted it, uh, my social media manager. Uh, I had her share it to, to, to our company Facebook page. And um, it was along the lines of, I'm the type of person that as I'm walking out of hell from the perspective of just like hard times, as I'm walking out of hell, I'm going to get a bucket of water to help other people come out of it as well. Mm. Like as I'm coming through my hard times or uh, when I'm already out of it, like I'm coming to help other people. You know what I mean? I want to be like the first responder dude of, 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 of entrepreneurship and, and in life and helping people to be able to overcome these different things because man, life, life can be great, but at the same time, life is hard, man. A lot of people got a lot of different things that's going on in life, dude. And we don't know it. It could be somebody you talk to every single day. It could be somebody that you know personally and they can be dealing with things and you don't know it. And from an entrepreneur perspective, man, entrepreneurship, dude, when you are a true, just like heart driven entrepreneur, man, you have a lot of things mentally that take place and you really need a lot of help with it. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when you're and you don't even have to have a family just trying to succeed and be able to reach these goals and reach these milestones and you need help. You know, I can't help everybody individually, but I'm hoping, you know, when I'm doing podcasts like this, when I'm doing speaking engagements or anything else, man, I'm hoping I can say something that triggers and sparks something in someone that they can hold on to. And it actually helps them get through whatever phase it may be in life, not their entire life, but some phase that they're going through in life. You know what I mean? Like I said, I, I, I bought your book and sent it. I read it myself and then I got your book. And then I, I sent it to other people that may be going through things from a post that you have put up on yours. And I, like, I'm hoping that you know, I haven't even been in touch with that girl in a while just from being busy and being able to reply back to her on LinkedIn. But I'm hoping that she read that book and it took her It's going to help take her past the current struggling phase that she has going on in life. You know what I mean? So me just connecting with you, being able to get the content and materials that you have and being able to take that, pay it forward and spread it to somebody else. I'm helping. I'm hoping just like, you know, me and you teaming up and just knowing one another is going to be able to help somebody else. So my legacy, man, I don't I, I don't want it to be based on even though I make I make a make a good amount of money and I plan on making a hell of a lot more. I don't want it to really be based on like this guy made X amount of money and built this business up like this. But you know, you can mention that, but at the same time, say, but even more, he took everything he had and he gave it back. Like guys like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, a lot of people talk about the amount of money that they have, but these guys give so much back mm -hmm. to the world, man, from a financial perspective and from a time perspective. You know what I mean? And so that's my goal, man, just to be in a position to where, you know, I can give back to others and I can do it a lot and give a, give a, give a lot more time, give a lot more time to others. Mm, hit that on the head, man. So now we're entering our last round, which is the most exciting round. Rapid fire. You got 15 seconds to answer all these questions. Um, not 15 uh -oh. seconds to answer five, but like 15 seconds. Boom. And we're going to get it in. You ready, man? All right. Let's rock with it. What's the best piece of advice that you have never received? The best piece of advice that I've never received. Yeah. Um, 
it's going to take a lot more than what you're thinking about. Mm. I may vision how hard it's going to be, but it's going to be a lot harder than what it is. Mm, love that. If you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? <laughs> this ain't got nothing to do with entrepreneurship. If I could take away one habit, it'd be not biting my fingernails. Oh. If, <laughs> <laughs> if I could add one habit, oh man, let's see. God. Better organization. Okay, good, good. There has to be a hack or an app or something out there that can help people with, buy, with like the fingernail it, thing. It, man, look, I've been biting my fingernails since I had teeth. My five-year-old bites his fingernails. My three-year-old bites his fingernails. And my wife hates it. And I mean, it's it's a thing. It's like I'd be dead. I'd be all in my fingernails, dude. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy, yo. It's, it's, it's bad, but I, can't, I don't even try to get away from the habit, man. It's just something I'm going to have to do for life. Hey, <laughs> my dad bites his fingernails, so I'm thinking this is hereditary now. That's <laughs> what you just gotta wear gloves all the time, man. Just wear gloves, like be the be the guy, like like yo. Why is he always got on gloves, man? Like just wear yeah, gloves. somebody need to make some kind of little fingertip gloves. I would just fingertip gloves, man. Seriously, like that's a, that's a billion dollar. Like yo, dang, I'm gonna be giving that out for free. That's a billion dollar thing. Like yeah, there's a lot of people that bite their fingernails a lot, especially kids. Yeah, man. What is what if you had to pick a favorite book, what would it be? A favorite book? Yep. Um what is it called? But Mike uh um God, I know the name. It's by Michael Gerber. E Myth. Mm. That's my favorite book. E Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. If you are going through a business right now and you're like you're doing a whole bunch of things at once, if you're wearing all those hats, read that book. It's gonna put things in perspective and it's gonna grow you and your business at least times three. Go ahead, get that book, get that book, got the, uh, get that book. Yeah. What is matter your fact? Hold on, Rick. Matter of fact, when you post this, especially on LinkedIn, because I'm hot on LinkedIn, if somebody wants it and you come in and you talk about it, I'll I'll buy it and I'll even, I'll, I'll mail it off to, to to you. The man said it first. We're gonna make sure we get that done. We're gonna make sure we get that done. Uh, last last two, last two. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest fear is something that I actually can't control, which is. I want to make. I want to be in my kids' life and my family's life for a really long time, in great health. You can't control what happened, you know, tomorrow. But it's my greatest fear not not of actually something happening to me, but something happening to me, and I'm not able to be in my kids' life for a long time. Love that, man. The last question is round before we go to our culture change, which is the final question: is if you were the president of the United States, what is the first thing you would do? Oh man. <laughs> If I was the president of the United States, dang, that's a thick question, man. I should have had a pre pre thoughts on that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the very first thing that I would do, um, man. <laughs> that's a massive question, yo. It is. I would set a plan to be able to visit at like I want to say as many like low income areas as possible. For people that are in low income like situations, like visit them firsthand as much as possible. That probably would take like an entire year. But I would set a plan to be able to do that, man, to just give hope to people, dude, and give them something to embrace. That's the quickest thing I could think of. I love that, dog. I love that. So let's end it out. Let's end it out, man. This is this we're all we're past the fire round. This is the deepest question of the show as we close out, man. If you could change one thing about, mm, I always preface it like this. 
I call myself the culture change agent and every single uh-huh. person that listens to this podcast, including yourself that's on this podcast is a culture change agent in their own right. So this question is specifically to that. If you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African-American culture, what would it be and why? That you need help. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So from a, even from a culture perspective of um, rather you would talk about from 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 a music like in music industry perspective, a lot of people, you know, I can do. I can do bad by myself and I don't need anybody else and no new friends and all of that. No, forget that. Make new friends. Then you can decide and figure out which ones you should and should and should not keep around, man. From African-American community, just people of color perspective, always understand that you'll need help. And let me put this on top of it. You need help, but don't always feel like your help has to come from somebody else that's just like you. Mm. Both of my mentor, my mentor is white, dude. If we want to talk about from a culture perspective and community, my mentor is white. He doesn't know anything about from the type of um, um, environment and area that I come from. And I don't really understand the type of area environment that he comes from. He has struggles as well. But at the end of the day, a struggle is a struggle. Don't pull a don't put different. I mean, you can't put different labels on it. A struggle is a struggle. Right. That doesn't mean you have to go to a certain ethnicity or a certain like person in, th- in that perspective to get help or to get advice. I hate to say help. You know, a lot of people don't like the word help, but just like advice and knowledge to be able to continue to learn. You got to be able to get different perspectives from different people. Then you take those things, you put it together, and then you figure out how it applies to you and what you can and cannot use. You know what I mean? So from a culture perspective, dude, you know, um, in our communities, man, always seek to gain more knowledge. That's the way that you're going to get help. It may be from a person. It may be from a book. It may be from, you know, a short article or something like that. But always, always seek to gain more knowledge, get more wisdom. That's the form of the the, the, the form of help that you need. Mm, man. Wow, man. All I know is it's been a lot of jewels dropped, a lot of stories, man. It's been one of my best podcasts to date, man. So I, I, I appreciate you for jumping on and extending a lot of your RGA, RGA hours, revenue generating activity hours <laughs> to do this, which is critical. It's a business on the end of the day. Like every hour between the hours is like, yo, that's, that could be a thousand. You don't know what that <laughs> is, man. So I appreciate right, you man. attacking no and doubt. allowing this opportunity calls, man. So for my audience to want to find more about your company, what you do, get advice all that good stuff where can we find you and your company at online definitely a few things so if you want to connect with me more personally see a lot of stuff that i talk about visit my website danielogriggs.com uh definitely connect with me on linkedin just search daniel griggs i'm the owner of atx web designs um for my company um atxwebdesigns.com that's in austin texas we got a lot of things coming up uh, we got a whole bunch of campaigns and whatnot coming up that y'all going to be very interested in, no matter if you need the service or not. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff with people that have startups. Uh, we're going to be documenting their journeys. We're calling ATX Beyond Design. So definitely check me out on those. Um, and that's the easy way to connect with me. Or oh, if you want to hit me on email, daniel at atxwebdesigns.com. Mm, you have all that information including books and all that good stuff will be in the show notes so my know the trailblazing nation make sure you show us some love and as we always do it as we always do we need two things before we get off the call one uh make sure you subscribe and leave a review Two, change the freaking culture good night <laughs>